Spending time you don't have with people you don't like doing things with and you don't want to do. Are you trying to tell me something right now? <laughs> Get your shit together. How to stop worrying about what you could do so you can finish what you need to do and start doing what you want to do. <laughs> you think those you think those uh, book titles are just trying to cash in on keyword search engine? Yeah. Uh, How to not give a fuck at Christmas. A no fucks given guide to surviving the holidays. How the hell is like sixteen pages? Oh, she's seventy something for ninety nine cents. Okay. It's the book is only sixteen pages. Yeah. So it's a pamphlet. Another book title. Calm the fuck down. These are all by the same author. How to control what you can and accept what you can't so you can stop freaking out and get on with your life. Uh She's doing alright. Why? How can you tell? Got a good amount of reviews which have to be authorised purchases. I should start writing some shit for that. Just call it. It'll and it'll be the name of this podcast, or it should be called "Fuck Reboots and Remakes." <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's gonna be the title. That should be the title of this podcast: "Fuck Reboots and All These Remakes." You do know this entrapment, right? For what? Recording before I know we're recording. <laughs> I know. We're not even backing this shit up right now. I, I, I have it on my... Uh, I have it backed up here too on my phone. Whoa, it's not been backed up on this one. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> you, I think you were about to get your lawyer or something like that. I've already got my lawyer. Trust me, you'll be hearing from it. <laughs> I'm, to me, this is, this is probably going to be me blowing some steam right now. It's like, I gotta get a lot off my chest right now. A lot. Should you start or I start? I mean, you're the one that seems to be well invested. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I don't, like I said, I, I think I speak for a lot of people right now. Where it's like, I, somebody needs to send a petition or some sort of, uh, 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 I don't know, maybe even march outside of these movie studios and tell these executives to stop ruining shit. That we all love. Like stop. Taking all these movies. That we have all cherished. And we all we all love. Especially from our childhood. And try to squeeze a dollar out of it. I, I don't think you'll find many people arguing with that. However with that said. It's, it's a numbers game. It, it's the divorcing of. Business and art. You can have exceptional films. But if they're likely to keep these studios getting money, well, yeah, they're going to keep doing it. Do you know what I, 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 no, I get it. I get it's all about money. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know the game, right? Um, I guess I wouldn't be so much as so much upset with it. If these remakes and these reboots weren't so bad, like it's it, to me watching majority of them has just seemed to be a cash grab. Should we put these in airplane mode? Hmm. That would, let's see if that stops because well, it. it would stop radio right Could see try. what we did was we we showed uh, a little bit of professionalism <laughs> by getting something turned off maybe you did or didn't hear in the previous podcast some additional things 
a little bit of noise in the background, well, that would be due to the fact that we are living in 2019 and we both have cell phones. So, anyway, we'll continue with this one. The problem is, as I say, with the reboots and the rest of it, it all comes down to dollars. No, I get it. I get I mean, I, I, it, does, it's, it hasn't been lost on me why they're doing it. Now my problem, I'm just seeing the results of it. Right, but there's a couple of things. Creatively. Creatively, um, though I, I wholeheartedly agree with not being a fan of doing the reboots, there are some reboots that all, um, what do they now call them? Just, it's not a reboot, I suppose. Um, reboot? Maybe a remake is a, is a better term. But there are some which actually work phenomenally. There have definitely, there has, no, that's, you're right, there has been a few here and a few here and there that actually have been great. Like the Dark Knight series, superb. I, the thing is, I don't actually put that in the same category as what I'm ranting about here. Because that's a nah, franchise. Because it doesn't fit into your <laughs> argument. No, no, it doesn't. Because that's just a franchise that you know they're going to always resurrect, right? It's not, it just doesn't come from the spirit. It doesn't come from that same spirit I see as like just trying to find something in the archives and just like, let's squeeze a dollar out of this. And but I don't think they just look in the archives. I think they just look at what performed. Oh, well, they go into the archives and go, okay, well, what, what, what was working back then? Oh, that RoboCop thing? Let's try that and see what... Let's just pull that out of the vault and throw some money at somebody and get, see what happens there. I think it's an awkward one because the problem also comes down to the consumer. It comes down to the viewer. I, okay. The, the, if you're not going to go see it, they're not going to go make it. The, it. What it is... Well, they might make it, but it won't be... They, 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 they'll make it because they know people loved it. They, they, they go there, they go back in the archives and they find something that was a big success or even had a, had a cult following or just some sort of, it had something, right? They, it was previously successful. And they know there's a built-in audience for that, right? Or there's a recognition for it. So it's, it's about, like, about risk-taking, I understand, for them. They're trying to mitigate risk by going back into the archives and looking for things that were successful, right? Makes sense business-wise. I get why they're doing it. It's just for me, as an audience member, it's just, it leaves, it's left a really bad taste in my mouth. Right, but I guess it's kind of the argument of, although they've now become a lot more commercial, McDonald's versus Five Guys, right? McDonald's know whatever burger they put out, there's people that are going to come see it. <laughs> Five Guys make exceptional burgers, period. So you've got your McDonald's pumping out all this stuff all the time, and they know if they bring out the McRib again, <laughs> they're just going to go and buy it. They know is they've it? got all these different things. Now, the thing is, when you look at the way all of these reboots and remakes go, they're an extremely simple formula, which caters towards... Um, obviously the existing audience that ha there happens to be. You look at, for example, the Jumanji remake. Yeah. Well, here's what we do. I've got what we do. We remake the film, and in the remake of the film, we pepper in some celebrities that happen to be at the pinnacle of their game. But you know what's different? We're gonna change the race, and they're gonna be more inclusive in this factor. <laughs> Right. And you know these little tweaks and twists Those that tweaks, they got. Right? Is yes. that what bothers you? These little tweaks. 
<laughs> no, but it doesn't. It doesn't bother me because it's I'm the just, tweaks. Are. Well, it's it's more so. It doesn't bother me because I realise the effective and simple formula behind it. We are gonna sell tickets. Yeah. All we need to do is get a couple of celebrities that weren't necessarily associated with the plot in the first place, have a fluffy enough script, yeah. and be true enough to the original to make those that were into the original there, and those that aren't will appeal to it. We cash in double over. And then not just that, you get the reboot money, right. or the remake money, and then you get the original money, because the original money will have a resurgence, because all of a sudden people are like, oh, they made the... There was an original Jumanji? Oh, yeah, there's going to be those people like, what, they, this is a remake? Yeah, so we, right. I've got to see the old one. How was the old one? Okay, right, yeah. So I guess, I mean, I, yeah, you just put me onto something else then. I mean, there's even that going on, right, where they, maybe they want to drive, drive people to go watch the original too. It's my, my bone of contention is, is, like I said, a lot of the stuff, that have been re that has been rebooted and remade has been garbage, mm. and has left. It's not. I'm not complaining about the stuff that has worked, <laughs> <laughs> as you might imagine. But I'm not what, complaining. What kind of an argument it. is that? I'm, I'm not, not complaining when it sounded good or when I, it worked out well. I, but the, when the, it didn't, the, fucking the, why did they remake this, it? How my, dare my, you remake it? Yeah, how dare you remake it and make this shit? <laughs> how dare you? And that's been my reaction for like 80% of this, 80% of these things, right? But, oh, I'm just trying to get back to my train of thought here. Sorry, it was before I was rudely interrupted. <laughs> what I was saying is that basically what this also shows me as an audience member, I want to go to films to see, I want to be, I want to, I want to see something new and creative and, and fresh, Right. I want to see fresh ideas. Those are the, that's where the best stuff is. When you see something new, I want to see something break through into the culture. I want to see risk taking. I want to see things that I've never seen before. So when I see something that, you know, I've seen, we've all seen before and we've all loved and we all think is beloved, but it's just taken. And sometimes it's just half, not even sometimes, but a lot of the times it's just half ass done. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and it's like a bait and switch where you're like, oh, okay, I really, I really love that one. I want to. I want to see what they've done with this one. And it's like, did you guys even try with that? Like, did you even try here, or is just you just try to, or were you all just you know just trying to rope everybody who's seen this film before or grew up with it, and then just you know just grab their money and run basically but you without the of, effort. Couldn't you sort of draw those parallels to covers in music? Uh, I was just about to say that too. The same thing is happening with music too. But it's well, happened it's, always. I don't think to this extent, though. Mm. It's like every other, even every other song. I'm not every other song. Maybe be exaggerating, but every. I, I'm just hearing a lot of music these days where it's just, um, it's just so derivative, or it's just basically takes an old song, and yeah. But I'm on about straight up covers. I'm on about. I'm not talking about covers. Yeah, I'm not talking about covers. Yeah, but I mean covers. Oh no, no, no! I don't mean I'm covers. Right. Well, we. I mean that because you were saying. Reboots and remakes, which yeah. is basically taking the plot, the premise, the idea of the entire film and doing it once more with your own slant on it. And that's right. exactly what, well, not always, but often that's what a cover in music is. You'll get um, someone who happened to be, you know, a rock performer and then they're getting covered mm -hmm. by, I don't know, 
um, an acoustic singer. Yeah. Or you get mm -hmm. some really interesting rap covers and people really do things and pay homage to it to an extent. Now, I'm not necessarily saying in uh, film it's the same thing, but there's a parallel to be said for if there's a good idea or a good premise and... Again, if we're looking at it from the business perspective, why would you not? From a bit, I get it. I get why they do it from a business perspective. What I just find that it's just also, I think it's creating, it's creating an environment, a creative environment that lacks imagination, and I'm seeing this more and more with a lot of things, but movies especially. But I've I've seen it in other forms of art too, where there seems like it also seems like. We're living in an era where we've run out of ideas. Like we're we're just we're ex, we're just increasingly running out of ideas, and or there's just this lack of imagination. But I think that's you coming from the perspective of an ideological artist, as opposed <laughs> to necessarily looking at it for what it is. Like for example, as I was saying with regards to McDonald's, they put things out because things sell. They do things in a certain way because they sell. Right. And when you look at the film industry itself, first and foremost is when we're talking about these inflated budgets, we need this to sell. If I've spent 200 million on this, I want it back. Right. And I want it back with plenty of profit. But I'm not, for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm not speaking from a, a business point of view. I'm, that's what I'm saying, ideological right. artist. I'm, I'm speaking from, not even from an ideological artist, but I'm speaking from as an audience member right right i'm speaking purely from an audience member but can't you protest by not seeing them i could it's just what i'm what i'm worried about is a spillover effect here that's going on too that is creating what i'm worried about is creating a, a mentality of let's not try anything new let's not take any risks and this also bleeds over to when you're a filmmaker too and then you're trying to shop around something unique or different it becomes exponentially harder when you have these people uh, who are who are create who are running the show, and they don't want to take any risk. They don't want to try anything new, and they don't want to take they don't want to try anything new or take any risk with the uh, uh, material. And again, I, I get where you're coming from, but that's why I always champion independent film and those sorts of things. Right. With what we're doing, of course, we're not trying to copy or, or do anything along the lines of rebooting or remaking in any of that sense but i can understand why as an investor you would turn around and say i don't i i, I don't know i want to take this risk because it is it's people's livelihoods it's jobs on the line it's are people going to come to this and you know <laughs> for example like i i've seen the first spider-man samurai uh yes and toby Maguire. i've yeah. seen that one and I've seen bits of the second one and bits of the really bad third one. But I know they've made probably seven or eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. now, something like that. Now I've, <laughs> I've got, lost count too. I've got a good friend who um, starts going on about how the most recent ones are the best ones. And he's really enthusiastic about this. And that's great. And I'm happy that he loves them. But he's saying this particular actor is... Spider-Man, right. because he did these things, apparently he learned how to do certain backflips, he really, really went hard to emulate what the character was meant to be. Right. Now, every one of these films has performed. Every one of these films has a slightly different angle. 
So, so I think maybe I should clarify what I'm where I'm coming from. Um, when it comes to something like Spider Man, or 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 Batman or something, I don't exactly put them in the same category as what I'm talking about, because these are long established franchises where you know they're gonna. Re- I mean, but how does a franchise differ from a reboot or a remake? Well, it's just like when you take something that. We know we know there's always going to be another Superman movie. We all know there's going to be another Batman movie. Because why would we want to just... I get it. Why would we want to just sit on the original uh, Tim Burton one, right? When we can do something new or fresh with that. You know it's an established franchise, right? You know it's something that's going to... We, we want to see... A, we, we want to see... And like I said, I'm speaking from an artistic... I'm not, from an artistic audience point of view. I'm not speaking from the business point of view. But... I think as an audience man, we know, for example, Batman, Spider-Man, we're going to want to see something 20 years from now, from the original, because we've got all these new toys, we know we have all these new tools, new fresh perspectives and things like that, right? We want to see it again with a new fresh take. That's understandable, I get it. What I'm talking about is just taking things, whole, just this wholesale going to the past, taking things that have been long dead or long has or long have been finished and wrapped up you know archived and then instead of coming up with a fresh idea for something for the audience just taking that and then a lot of these things are so beloved beloved by fans right and then making something that is just really poorly done or uninspired and then cashing in on the name of this and this this property and that's basically what I, a lot of what I'm seeing, cashing in on this property without trying to make it into something. But then isn't the argument of a sequel null and void? <laughs> no. A sequel, I would say a sequel is different because that's just like, you know, a continuation of the story. A lot of these things are not even a continuation of the story. It's just like, okay, um, let's just repackage this but thing. isn't a sequel still just cashing in on the former version of it a sequel is I mean it's one thing if you have say a Lord of the Rings or an established trilogy if that's the case then you're not cashing in on it if you're not coming up with something fresh and new you are literally piggybacking off of the previous one you look at a lot of these films like I, I heard they might be doing a Joker 2 and they might be doing the right. and the third they want, They aren't necessarily doing these films because they want to give it another go or continue the story. They're doing it because it made a lot of money. Oh, definitely, like, I get the it. The Hangover. The Hangover. Yeah. Two, three. I don't know if they did a fourth. And, and like, <laughs> I'm sure they, maybe they'll reboot. That. But it wasn't because they had more story to tell. Right. No. It that, was because we can make more money. That that like I said, those things were different. They came right at each other. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm just wondering. Okay, what we're doing is we're, we're miming things so that you can't see what we're doing to talk about other things. They're, they're just technical things. <laughs> anyway. But anyways, I, I, don't, I don't include those things, right? But it seems like you're picking and choosing I'm, to support not, the argument I'm you're not, making I'm as not opposed picking, to necessarily... I'm not picking. I'm picking at something specifically that's going on here in the creative artistic space of entertainment or whatever you want to call it or even culture. But I, I think the derivativeness of things that are tap the derivativeness these days in creativity 
and art. So then what do you think about things like the Twilight Zone, the new version of it? Well, you know what? Okay. Because isn't that the same thing? Like I said, I have no problems if it's being taken... If it's... If I have no problems with if it's done in the right spirit of things. And I haven't seen the new Twilight Zone or anything like that, right? Uh, hopefully it's well done. And hopefully with the right people behind it. Because I think that Jordan Peele is in mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But again, that seems like a picking and choosing. And, you know. I haven't seen it yet. I know, but I'm saying if your gripe is remaking and rebooting... That is exactly what this is. It's remaking, rebooting an original premise. And if it, that original premise is being redone by someone you respect or like, then you're like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> might be good. Well, I'm going to reserve... Did it. I'm going to reserve judgment on that one. Because, like I said, some and when these remakes, when they come out, sometimes it's a good idea, like the Twilight Zone, actually. Right, right. Because that is something that you can just go on and on forever because the Twilight Zone is an anthology, right? Right, but you could also view it as a point in time when these things are made and we don't redo it because... I'm actually can... excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying all these things are bad. No, no, just the ones he likes. Just, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I just also realize there's a hustle going on here. There definitely is a hustle, but it's an understandable hustle. It's, not, it, it's a completely understandable one. You know, if I sell <laughs> some fruit and people buy the fruit, I'm going to sell some more it's and a, some more. It's a shitty hustle that is ruining society and civilization itself. Yeah, no, definitely. It's I, a I think, big I think, time hustle. I think the downfall of, uh, well, human civilization is the reboot and the remake. When, when people from 100 years look back at what, what was the catalyst... They're going to look back and they're going to say it was the fucking Robocop remake. I didn't see the Robocop remake. Don't see it. If you love the original, see? this was them pretty much pulling their pants down and pissing on your face while watching a film. Bit That's what it was. A cinematic golden shower. It's a bit extreme, but anyway... I think we finally got to the crux of it. In this, Cinematic golden shower. We've folks. gotten to the crux of it in this therapy session, whereby I think I think the RoboCop remake hurt you. It, it fucking. I think I think we've gotten to that. The RoboCop remake is what really. Did you see the new Jumanji? <laughs> I've seen it. I I don't even know who dragged me into that. I think it was my friend in Toronto or something. Uh -huh. like so and so dragged you into somebody. It. Yeah, it was and a, screaming, dragged me into that thing. And screaming, you were. Giddy. I'm not saying it was. You a had your popcorn. I'm not saying it was a horrible were, movie. Yeah. It was just. It just to me the original was just. Yeah no, I I think golden. It was, I think it was uh, the new one was fun. I mean, forgettable. <laughs> yeah, are you screaming? Yeah, are you screaming to go watch it again? Oh, I'm not gonna go see it. No, I'm. And all of these blockbusters do nothing for me. Right. The only reason I saw The Dark Knight a few times, that was a good which film. I thought was a really good film, but I don't usually repeat watch a lot of films. Right. But the main reason I did is because of my friend Charles. But you, okay, then... Because he's the one that gets his head slammed into a pencil. Oh, was that him? Yeah. Was it the stuntman or something like that? Yeah. Oh, nice. So I'm like, I, isn't... I was, I was in the theatre with my brother, I'm like, I think I know that guy. The back of his head. Yeah, well, I saw the front of his head, and I'm like, was it because it wasn't it Michael J. White that gets the? Oh no 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 Michael J. White's the... oh sorry sorry I was thinking Michael J. White yeah no no 
Oh, he's Charles, the guy. Charles is oh, the guy that who gets got a the... concussion off the fact that Heath Ledger slammed his head into the table so many times, uh-huh. making a pencil disappear. Uh-huh. Great guy, but yeah. yeah, that's why I saw it a couple of times because I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> just to see that. Um, but no, I generally I don't really get that irked by these things because I I fully understand the business I, portion. Of it. I get I get irked by it all the time because I know what I I, I know what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I know, know what they're doing. And I'm not fine with it. It pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's just it's so crass, and it's so uncreative, and it's uh, and it just lends more to more derivative, forgettable stuff. Or it allows a new audience of a different age to appreciate the new material. Now, Why don't get me wrong. Go, I'm, go I'm, watch the original, I'm playing, Billy. I'm playing devil's advocate. Go, I'm not a big fan of the Go, go stream the original, all right? You'll 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 be a lot better off. But again, it comes down to... You don't need it with new CGI. But it's the time and place of the marketing of it. Because the thing is, is if I've got a business and I'm trying to say, go back and look at this previous thing, it's going to cost me a lot more to market something which now looks dated, which doesn't have the same modern feel to it, that doesn't have the same modern celebrities associated with it, that doesn't have this whole thing whereby it no longer seems as relevant to my business model. Do you, do you believe that these films can dilute a series, or dilute a film? What do you mean? Dilute it to the point where it, the film or this, this property becomes mush yeah yeah like I was a good what, 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 what's, what, what number Terminator are we at now I think like 6 <laughs> for something like, six. something like that right I saw the has first, it gotten any better since 2 I saw the first 2 I haven't seen any of the subsequent ones well I'll, I'll, sorry to, uh, let me just spoil it for you I think it doesn't get any better past 2 you may a, lot, right. a lot of people a lot of people would say that it gets exponentially worse Every film after two, <laughs> a film that a lot of people b- have a beloved attachment to, right? And I understand it's a franchise, but it just becomes something that it seems like a cash grab more than anything else. But what gives a franchise more liberties than a remake or a reboot? Because you know, for a franchise, for a franchise, we it's open, right? We understand it's open. But these decisions more. to add more could just be subjectively made. Oh, whoa, whoa, that one did well. Got no more ideas, Jim. Let's do another one of that one. I, oh, it's, it's not a remake, it's not a reboot. We're just continuing. <laughs> to me, it's just, it just, uh, like I said, it, it gets me worked up as somebody who's like, who who likes to watch some of the, who, who has a, a fond attachment or a fond uh, love for some of these films and then just having it being squeezed like just squeezed for everything it's got right and to the point where the whole thing at the end of it is just like mush of a f- of a film I'm not that bothered <laughs> and then they become and then it oversaturates the market with these things but is it that much of a problem. I mean, you look and at creatively it, too. It's creatively. Well, I mean, I've only ever seen the first Fast and the Furious. 
But I believe they made one or two. I, I think after 15, it was just too much. Um, after 15, it was just, come on, guys. I would not be surprised if they ended up continuing that far. I'm sure they're going to be racing in space by seven, 17 or something like that. I actually like the idea of that. <laughs> you just pitched something. Ra- racing. <laughs> <laughs> they're racing their Mars in, the, in, in Fast and the Furious 17 on rocket ships. Probably, probably like Tesla... <laughs> SpaceX versus uh, was it the uh, Blue Blue Origin? Something like you'll that. be seeing like that instead of a uh, instead of a uh, you know for, uh, Camaros and, <laughs> and my, Ferraris. My view is I I don't get worked up about these things because I think that consumers and viewers should also become wise to the fact that you can choose what you watch and what you watch will determine and dictate what gets made. And the thing is is if you are one of these people that refuses to uh, accept or go along with any sort of remake or reboot, if you go and see a remake or reboot, you're a part of the problem. So by <laughs> you going to see Jumanji, again... I was after, forced into seeing that. Was by knife or gun? Both. Good friend. <laughs> this was in Toronto, so... Ah, okay, yeah, I get it. Toronto... <laughs> The mean streets of Toronto with the very clean sidewalks. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely made buildings. Anyway, um, the fact of the matter is if you go and support these things by going and seeing them, whether they be franchise related things or whether they be reboots or remakes, you are encouraging studios to go, this sells. It's true. And yeah. it goes back to what we were saying about Parasite and the spectacle of a film. If you do go and support something which happens to be a spectacle, which happens to be a continuation or a remake, you won't get more original ideas because the studios are going to go, you know what, that Matrix, that may have worked in 1999, but now, no, we couldn't do that. You think they're going to finally get Ghostbusters right this time? Are they doing another, another one? Yeah. Wow. You see what I'm talking about? I mean, look. and then it's gonna be an, and this time it'll be back to an all male cast. So it's like, what was? I don't get it. What's going on here? I watched the new one. I didn't like it. Not because it had women in it. I love women. <laughs> you sexist. <laughs> but it just didn't work on the jokes. Right. The jokes did not do it for me. But again, I was young when the originals came out, so yeah. I don't know whether they would have had the same weight with me had I seen them through the eyes I now have. You know what's my favorite part about these about these remakes is seeing how much Bill Murray did not want to be in it. I was like, I remember when they first announced this and then even from the get-go, he was like, I want nothing to do with this. And then even when this they're promoting this film and just watching him just saying, please, like, I'm just watching, just seeing in his eyes how much he did not want to be in this remake was just interesting to me it was fascinating and i get it like he just wants to do interesting films and not have anything to do with these franchises yeah i mean it's an easy complaint to have if you're a multi-millionaire <laughs> but just, if you just watch him in interviews and stuff i could just see how much thing i and the thing is i didn't even watch it i'll be honest with you i didn't watch the remake um so then you can't talk spoiler like, alert does he oh does he get God. is he in that or or did they kill him off or something like that? Spoiler alert. I think that's what happens, right? I'm, I'm curious. It, have you at any point when someone said spoiler alert <laughs> actually turned things off? I what, have. What if tend, I haven't seen it. or, what, don't, or if what, I, what tends to happen is people are like, 
Spoiler alert, she dies at the end. <laughs> I did not have enough time to pass it. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is there's a, a... Have you ever read the Daily Mail? Uh, that, 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 it's a newspaper, right? It's, in, it's a British tabloid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of their spoilers were literally in the headlines. <laughs> Spoiler, and then after oh, it, it's it. got a colon, and it just basically goes, da 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 And you're just like, I've read it. <laughs> You don't read a headline and go, oh, I'm going to stop halfway through. Oh, no, said spoiler, said spoiler. Oh, anyway, um, I don't remember to answer your question. I don't remember. You don't remember? You, that, that's how much it was. That's how much uh, you were interested in that film. I was interested in it. Just, it wasn't. You don't even remember. Right? I don't. It was forgettable. Right. It was definitely forgettable. Hence, <laughs> but <there laughs> hence are... my point. <laughs> but it was just funny watching Bill Murray want just trying his best not to have anything to do with it was interesting. It was telling, too. Bill Murray's kind of excellent, though. He's in... He's, he's, he's a... Bill he's Murray a is fantastic. Like, if you... he In every Wes Anderson film, he steals the show. Yeah. He steals the show in everything. And I understand, like, he... It's also, as an actor, too, He it's just not fun being part of these... Some of these films, right? Cause you until know, you have to pay your bills. Until you get, yeah, you got to pay the bills and stuff like that. I get oh, that. Oh, no. But I don't I'm, think he's hurting for money. So I'm he so upset. He doesn't need to be in them. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a hard life going back to my mansion, having my family <laughs> fed, you know. We are in a cr- spiritual crisis right now with these remakes and these reboots and whatnot and whatnot. Wrong. This is this is a pivotal point in our in our culture right now because we have to ask ourselves here: Are but, we running but, out of ideas? But I mean, the argument, I think that's the far bigger question here because I think so. But there have been so many remakes throughout film history. Yeah, just but not no, at this rate. Yeah, well, I mean, really, the argument not at this rate could apply to every aspect of film. We now have so many streaming platforms like your Amazon Primes, your Disney, your Apple TV+, soon to be HBO Max, Netflix, of course, and all these other ones, that the need for content and the need for familiarity and to have the audience really go, ooh, I remember what that was about, to then go to the <laughs> cinema, like, it's always been there. There have been films that were made in the 40s and the 50s, 60s and 70s that have been remade a decade or two subsequently. No, the, the, the remakes and reboots are not new. What's new is, is the rate of things at this point. And I find that more so with these things that you were just downplaying as franchises, especially things like Spider-Man oh, yeah, and yeah. Batman. Spider-Man and Batman, okay, I get it. You, like, you look at how many different people played Batman and how many different people played Spider-Man, and it's just sort of like, yeah... We get it. The character's this. Um, but Batman's a tradition, though. How I is would it? Say. How it's would a tra- you say it's a tradition? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tradition because we... It, it's just a different artistic... It, 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 wouldn't you think it would be weird if we just stopped at Superman 4? No. <laughs> really? I, I think that what should be done... If, you, if your main complaint is a lack of ideas... Yeah. Superman 5 isn't a new idea. Superman 6 isn't a new idea. It, Batman 12 is not a new idea. In that sphere, it's not, a, it's not a weird thing for me because it's expected. But why are you expecting or allowing it in one area and not another? Because it's not expected when... It's not 
it's because it's intrusive for a lot of these things. It's just, like I said, it's I know what you guys are doing. This is just another cash grab. Yeah, but you know that with a sequel. You know that with a sequel. <laughs> well, yeah, shitty, and that's what happens. Shitty sequels, right? There's no, nah, we we've got we've got piles and piles of that stuff hanging around. Shitty sequels is just like it's par. <laughs> like we all know what that's about. We got hundreds of those out there, thousands of those out there, also, millions of those. Those are really good sequels. Holy smoke! Yes, there is true, definitely, definitely. But we've got piles and mountains of crappy sequels. Naked Gun Thirty Three and Third, <laughs> Hot Shots Part Two. Oh, I can't wait for Hot Shots Part Three. <laughs> we've got piles and piles of shitty sequels, and usually we they stop right there, right? Because they fucked it up. Nah, they keep it going. They keep it going. Really? Nah, I'm, I'm lying. <laughs> they fuck it up and they know they've dropped the ball. But they go back to the beginning and just do it again. <laughs> they so know they years can. from now, there'll be the re-hungover. I mean, look at... Go- what happened with Ghostbusters, though? This is in- That's an interesting one. What do you mean? Um, did that make money? The original? Because it seems like, the- it seems like there was just bad buzz around it. I'm not sure what the numbers look like, but I think it seems to be universally that it just it wasn't um, well received. I find these things very disappointing when they're not well received. Um, and what I mean by that is more so that they're not done well, because, you know, you look at the evaluation process that goes into making any big budget picture. I don't get how you can get that far. What do they call it? Uh, what? I'm just checking. I, I search for Ghostbusters and it gets 5.2 out of 10 in terms of uh, ratings. An, ag- an aggregate, aggregated score, right? Yeah, my MVP. Right. Um, and then what's the uh, the num- the box office numbers look like? It's not showing here. Probably have to go to bo- box office mojo. But You're giving them a free plug, you know that, man. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> right. I'm sure everybody that's listening here has never uh, heard of Box Office Mojo. If this... Seriously, <laughs> 12 times. Are you trying to sell advertising or this, what? This, this podcast is brought to you no. by Amazon's Box Office Mojo. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, because Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos needs more money. I think you're right. Uh, so the original Ghostbusters, the, the, orig- the unadjusted gross. Oh, we're, you're talking about the Ivan Reitman... Original one. Bill Murray original. Uh, I was talking about the remake. I know, I'm getting there. Pay attention. <laughs> so the original one uh, made $229 million. Wow. From like probably $5 or something. <laughs> Maybe a little more, but 80s nevertheless. Too. That's 80s $5. Ghostbusters 2 right. made 112 And again, this is like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Ghostbusters Three, which is the 2016 one, 128. From a, what, how, from a what uh, budget? Uh, oh, for God's sake. Good old website design. <laughs> well, this basically, you said 128 domestically? Or, that was domestically or worldwide? It just said unadjusted gross. Right. Well, we'll see what the budget was. I it just to me from what it sounds like, it didn't seem it performed that well. 
both critically and financially. But we'll see in a minute. Um, but they they've they've the studio. I don't know. Is this a Universal or something? Yeah, they've decided. Let's try it again. Now this this is an interesting this is an interesting thing, right? Just to see, just to see them try this again. Apparently, it cost one hundred and forty-four to make. Right, one hundred and forty-four to make. Right? One hundred and forty-four to make. What's and the worldwide? Globally, made two twenty-nine. Yeah, that's not. That's not. A that's big not. I don't think that even made any money. Oh, I would have done if it if well, it cost one forty-four and it made two hundred and twenty-nine. Well, you have to factor in that budget might not even include uh, marketing, and then at the same time, um, I believe after a certain point in the film's release, half of the money just goes to the theater. So, with the numbers that you see there, it's not exactly it doesn't exactly represent the margins. To me, it just looks like it doesn't seem like it was a big money maker for what it was. But they're trying it again. I mean, look, if you spend $144 million on a film, yeah. you don't want to just make two twenty nine. <laughs> no, you don't. You want to you you wanna wanna make, quadruple that. You want to quadruple that. Easily. You want to do... You if, wanna you do don't, if you don't, then yeah. why spend that? Like, you look at films like, what's it? Waterworld and Warcraft and various other films that begin with a W. No, they cost a lot. I'm not shitting. Like I said, I'm not shitting on the idea of a remake because some of the best movies are like Scarface was apparently a remake, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, it was like it was a remake from a 1920s or 30s movie or something like that. But it was, You're just shitting on the ones you don't like. It's just like yeah, because you're just criticizing the films you don't like. Well, that's the... that's the second portion to those. If these remakes were actually amazing or even better than the original, I would just be like this. This podcast wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here. This is what I'm talking about. Like I'm saying, if these things were amazing, most of them were amazing, I wouldn't be saying anything. The problem is is like most of them have been forgettable at best. And it's it's just nothing but more it's just it's just become nothing more than a cash grab on the past. And it just irks sometimes when you see something that's been like a, it's such a beloved classic and then you see some garbage nonsensical poorly done uninspired derivative i'm not really that bothered because <laughs> you're a corporate shill i mean if, if i'm a multi multi-millionaire i may become that let's let we i speak from an artistic creative and as an audience and as an audience member about this stuff i think it's diluting things I think it's a diluting the, the culture and the artistic landscape. But it's no different than as you just alluded to with Scarface. And as they have <laughs> many film. times over. Yeah, but again, you can't pick and choose. It was a good film, therefore it and hasn't I, diluted And I it. think the filmmakers the ones, were actually the other inspired. ones happen to be. Yeah, I think these remakes it. are not done from... They're not done from inspiration. They're just done from a purely capitalistic, let's make some money bait and switch but we also don't know that with regards to the other ones as well it could easily be that you were referring switch. to scarface having been a remake oh you could tell there there was there, there was inspiration there i mean it wasn't just a bait and switch there was there was genuine enthusiasm genuine inspiration from that and i don't mind when something is rebooted based on that premise oh my god this is great we can we can 
uh, we could do something like this on it and you're genuinely inspired and there's a creative force behind it that's true. But when it's just like, all right, <laughs> I mean, let's I, see what we can make from this quarter I here. I think there's such a minimalistic amount of creative inspiration made in a remake. I think the prevailing factor tends to be we can make some money with this. And then, of course, all the other things that accompany it are let's make this as well as we can. Now, if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like the remake. But, as I say, it's been done throughout cinema history. Just not at this rate. And especially in different languages. Just not at this rate. I don't think it's that much accelerated. <laughs> so. it's, it's, like, it's like 10 times in this, in this era right but now. But so is production. It's like, whatever it was before, it's like, let's say before it was like a 1, now it's like a 10. But so is global production. Yeah, I guess. Like I'm global production is in higher gear. I mean, it keeps going further and further and further because we want new content all the time. And by new content, it doesn't have to be new original content. It means content that has not yet been seen by us. People want good content. Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. They don't. They don't. Really? I'd say this. People want people, good content. People do not want good content. Broken really? English films and us, we want good content. People, by and large, look at the fucking numbers. If you've ever seen Two and a Half Men, the TV show, oh god, you know people don't want good content because that was a very successful TV show. But, well, if, but if anyone liked it, then there's just something wrong with them. That was an <laughs> awful, awful show. People like the nanny, the nanny. What that, that, the that was uh, the one where was they have one? to have like the British family living in New York and there's Fran Drescher no offence to Fran Drescher but I, anyway she has the very ah uh, type voice oh yeah 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 I remember that that was a fucking successful show but it was crap people watch a lot of awful material some of the most popular shows online now in terms of Netflix and the rest of it Oh, crap. So to say people want yeah. good content, people want something that they don't have to think about at the end of the day that's going to make them feel good about life, maybe laugh a couple of times, and then pass out. <laughs> now, well, you make, a good, you make a good argument with those kinds of things. It, it, it does, this does fall into the, the uh, aspect of to each his own, right? And I mean, with, with what we're trying to do, we are pumping out good content. And if you don't agree... Again, it's not us, it's you. <laughs> but there's a significantly different approach when it comes to art, when it comes to independent film, versus when it comes to bottom line dollar sign. Because if you are doing it independently, odds are the only thing you'll focus upon isn't the art. Sorry, isn't uh, the business aspect of it. I understand the business aspect. I understand the business aspect of things. For me, though, I talk from I talk from the other side of things. Now I do understand that the stuff is subjective, right? Like you said, there's people right now who think Three and a Half Men was the greatest thing since it's two and a half. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> if I offended the Two and a Half Men fans, they I got apologize. Like Twenty million an episode, I think, on some of them. If I offended any you, any of you, sorry. I get people like that show. They're not capable of listening to podcasts. Right? <laughs> if you like Two and a Half Men. You can't press the play button. <laughs> that, uh... <laughs> no offense, by the way. None uh, meant towards you. Oh, boy. If you like that, that's... Okay, that is... That is... That is, you know, up to you. And I guess there's a market for that. 
-hmm. Not for me, probably, but I get there's a market for that. But <laughs> and I'm sure that show was done in the spirit of something else, what but not mean? in but what not in mean? the spirit of what I'm talking about. What do you mean in the spirit of something else? Well, it's a sitcom. Yeah, we're producers, and we're gonna try to find something that people are gonna want to watch, right? At least Two and a Half Men is an original show. Are you really? <laughs> I'm really. Are I you said that. Really giving hey, a break? you you may not have liked it, but at least it was an original. Sh like I said, at least it was something that was original for the most part. I mean, it wasn't some remake or you reboot. Realize, somebody pulled it out of you, their imagination. You do realize that isn't hats off. That isn't a score in your books. Over I it, I give a lot. Remake. At least it is no remake. Hey. It's awful, but at least it's new. Awful, awful to who? There's millions of people who love that show. Yeah. And there's and millions of people with the... No, I was about to say something pretty offensive. So I'll keep that. <laughs> I think you've already... I think you've already put that in the airwaves, so there's no going back. I've not said anything offensive yet. I... Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. There are people who love that show, and like I said, I don't... I don't knock it because at least it was something that was... It's an original concept. Well, for the most part. It's not a remake or a reboot or a re-this or... Uh, or, or grab of that or anything it's just like you know that's it was something that was done out of um well <laughs> i don't want to say originality but it basically it wasn't some highly highly derivative product you, did you watch it i used to, i i had a roommate that always watched it and i just watched it through osmosis osmosis right so I saw I saw quite a few of it, right? Quite a few episodes. Are you still in any way friends with this person? <laughs> Not really. Okay. okay. Well, it's well they they they've uh, they've they've moved out of town, and you know we go we grow apart or things like that. Okay. Hey, those I one of my favorite shows is the Seinfeld. Yeah, but you can't complain about Seinfeld. Seinfeld's done well. Yeah. Right. Seinfeld it was is, original. It's good. What I don't like about it, and every show like it, is the laugh track. <laughs> I cannot stand a show with a laugh track. Uh, hey, you laugh now. Hey, <laughs> you gotta laugh now. So you never enjoyed them? I don't watch sitcoms No, no, anymore. no, no. I did, but laugh tracks irritate me amazingly. I know, it never really It's did. not the same as being in a comedy club. If unless it's hokey or something, yeah, but... It never really bothered me with... It stands out so much to me. When I hear a laugh track, I cannot help but think, why? Are we talking about a laugh track or a studio audience? Well, both, because in a studio audience, they tend to have signs. Well, eh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. As if, you know, a joke requires... If you want your soul to leave your body, go watch a sitcom being produced live. Oh, it's awful. Oh, what have you seen live? Uh, there was this one. There was a Canadian one here. I think it was a Canadian. I was think it was called. I, I don't want to say the name of it. I'll say Package Deal. <laughs> I don't want to say the name of it. Package Deal. It was not called Package Deal. It was called Package Deal. It was. And what was, I, what was oh, weird? God. Let me just say a bit more. This was my first time watching a sitcom. Let me, let me group, say a bit more. And my soul left my body watching that. Let me just say a bit more. Um, the lead in it. <laughs> no, I probably shouldn't say this. So the lead in it. Worked with me on a film I made, and my girlfriend called him out, and not really called him out, but she's like, oh yeah, you know, my boyfriend, you worked on this film um, that he made. 
And he's like, no, no, I didn't, etc. As if it was someone to deny about. And then I saw him on... He was denying that he was on... Yeah, I guess he'd forgotten about it because it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't a big budget show like package deal. Anyway, um, oh, this was something he did before. Yeah. Oh. He, he worked on a film of mine. Oh, he worked on a film of mine. Yeah, and I guess he'd forgotten about it because it was it didn't have a big budget by right. any means. And it, he was debating. It's like, no, it must have been me. Must have been me. <laughs> and and he was the lead. I'm not going to mention his name, but anyway, he denied it, and then really? uh, yeah. Was proven that he was wrong. But anyway. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying I was on package deal. I'm talking about a completely different sitcom. Oh, I'm talking about package deal. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Just this was honest. my first and only experience working on a sitcom, and like I said, I I I can see my bo- I can see my body from above. Just when I saw my soul just leaving my body, I just turned around and I can look at it because it was just. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't I've never been on something that was so produced in my life like that before I didn't even know something like this exists it's uncomfortable it's, it's uncomfortable. so uncomfortable and I mean I'm not trying to slam package deal as a show because although it was really shit um oh <laughs> all, <laughs> all shows like it <laughs> that, that produce that sort of unnatural like, energy it like, was unnatural like yeah you, you've been to comedy clubs right yeah you've seen comedy done live on stage yeah there is if it's a good joke there's a weird energy whereby you actually almost subconsciously end up laughing alongside there's a weird energy in a good comedy set a weird energy yeah because there's an energy sometimes where the joke's being told, and even if you don't find it funny, there's kind of a group mentality yeah, yeah. And, and feeling of... Yeah, you, <laughs> you just kind of... It's like a movie where you just laugh along with people, right? Right. Sometimes which when is, you don't which even get surreal. the joke. But with this particular show, um, which we aren't referring to its name... <laughs> no. Um, it was... This was Penguins on Ice that I was working on. It was just Penguins on Ice. Penguins on Ice. It was a Canadian sitcom that... Uh, the package deal working title. Penguins <laughs> on Ice was what I was, what I was right, referring right, right. to. A Canadian classic. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not trying to burn bridges. I'm not trying to burn bridges. I'm just being honest. I, I think what people want to expect if they are listening is uh, sincerity. <laughs> Bola. Anyway. <laughs> Penguins on Ice. It was just so bizarre. And like anyway. Anyway. Unnatural. The show's been cancelled. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> But I recognize, oh my God, this is how these things are made. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, what, what do you call it? Sausage, sausage machine, what do you call it? What do they call it? Those things that, where they make sausages. I think. Is it called like a sausage machine? Sausage grinder or something like that? The term. Yeah, maybe sausage grinder, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, like, yeah. that just sounds wrong. Anyway, um... What I will say, as a measure of respect to everyone that worked on Package Deal <laughs> and that works on shows like that, right. they went through a lot in a terms lot. of the pages they got done in a day. Yeah, they went through page after page. Oh, definitely after page after yeah. page. That's the machine that. they had in place for it to flourish mm-hmm. um, was there, and it was tight. And you know, the lead had lots of dialogue, and I do applaud you for that. You did a good job. But don't you pretend like you don't know me, because when I see you, you know, I'll be all thuggy and go, don't you remember me? <laughs> anyway, um, 
they they did a hell of a lot more pages than any conventional um, non-live studio audience TV show d- mm. does in any manner. Like your traditional TV show will get through like six to eight pages a day. Package Deal was doing fourteen. Yeah, they were doing like a marathon or something. Precisely, like which deserves penguins a lot on respect. Ice. Yeah. Um, I I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, you never want to like tarnish what effort was put into it. Yeah, no, I, I praise everyone involved in the production apart from this particular individual who, <laughs> who embarrassed my girlfriend when she said, don't you? But anyway, um, nevertheless. But just seeing these things being made was just an eye-opening experience for me. And that, especially seeing that kind of thing and just realize, oh my God, this is how a lot of these things are made. It's just so unnatural. It is very unnatural. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, it's weird. But I, I really... Like producers force laughing and... Odd, yeah, I really detest laugh tracks. <laughs> yeah. a, a great comedy, and I say great. I mean, it wasn't uh, altogether comedy. It was also quite a bit drama, but it was done exceptionally well. Um, and it's on Netflix. It's called The End of the Fucking World. Have you heard of it? No. There's two seasons. Uh, the second one just came out. It's brilliant, deadpan humor. Um, with some dark subject matter, and I absolutely adore it. Um, Patterson's in it. Patterson Joseph, he was on Timeless. Is that done here? No, it's done in England. Oh, okay. It's not something. Okay, I'm confusing it with something else. But it's great. No laugh track. And that's another thing I loved about it because the jokes that were put in the show, mm-hmm. I actually was like, oh, I can laugh at this without being prompted. <laughs> And I, I really... Yeah, the laugh track comes off weird in a lot of things, definitely. But when you but you expect it on a sitcom, but... Yeah, you can watch something and the laugh track just kind of... It just makes things a bit... But odd. where you were on about being irked by remakes and reboots, what really turns me off sitcoms is the laugh track. <laughs> what really turns me off... Like literally, first time I hear it, I get annoyed. <laughs> I... Uh... Now, there are exceptions. Like, I really like the TV show Red Dwarf. I love Red Dwarf. And that has a laugh track. I just think a lot of... I just don't... I don't know. I just don't watch a lot of sitcoms. I think most of them are hokey. Yeah, no, I don't watch... So, as soon as I hear... I mean, as soon as I just see the, the damn opening sequence, I'm just like, I'm off. I'm well, off. yeah, and that's the thing. Because I've, I've tried um, to get into a lot of them. And really... I can't think of many that I really did enjoy that much. As soon as there is a laugh track, <laughs> just I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. It just it feels so. I'm done. It feels like a cue. <laughs> like I love it in horror films when you can't follow the music to then be scared, but you're scared by what happens or what's going on. Hmm. If I have to hear the shrill sound before something happens, yeah, it'll accentuate it. But then I'll feel robbed afterwards. Like, you made me do that. I didn't do that with my own reaction. With the music? Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel like for horror movies, the music adds to the whole thing. It does, but then it cheapens your reaction <laughs> like some, because some, you didn't actually like, feel that try, way. We made it that you felt that try, way. We pulled those strings. We played the right... Try watching Halloween without the, the soundtrack. It's, oh, it's no. It's not the yeah, same well, thing. I, but I wouldn't classify Halloween as really horror. No? No, nah, that's not horror to me. I, I guess the reason why I'd say I don't classify it as horror is because it's not that It wasn't scary. a dark comedy. 
Oh, it wasn't a dark ca- dark comedy. <laughs> but I don't know what else. I don't know where else you could put the Halloween camp <laughs> or, thriller. I don't know. <laughs> camp, camp thriller. Like, I watched. I watched Halloween. What? <laughs> I watched Halloween H two O with LL Cool J oh, yeah. on Halloween H2O. actually, um, and oh, yeah, it yeah. just never did it. For, it reminds me of Scream and the Scream movies, and I liked them. But I wouldn't call them scary. Yeah, well, those are like, those are slashers. Yeah, yeah. I, perfect word. I would call Halloween a slasher film, not a horror film. Oh, okay. I, I don't have a You kind of put it outside of the category of The Exorcist or something like that. Yeah, completely. Those I would separate entirely. So you don't put these in the same category? No. And by the way, just to clarify, I love the horror movie music. I do love that. But I just feel cheap after I've gotten afraid by it. Because I'm like, you did that to me. What do you think about Doctor Sleep that's coming up, that movie? In what regard? What do you think of it? The whole thing? Yeah, but I don't get what you mean by that. I I mean, mean, what's your feeling on it? I would like to think it's going to be really good. (laughs) You would like to think it's going to be really good. And you've seen The Shining, right? Yeah, but I don't think it could compete in terms of... uh... There's a difference. Do you think they should have done... That should have been me? Well... Define should. I mean, it was a successful Stephen King follow-up book. Stanley Kubrick. Well, Stanley Kubrick did the first yeah, film. Yeah, they did the first film. It's a Stanley Kubrick classic. Right, but yeah. it's based on material by a different Steve, writer. Right, based off of Stephen King's... Precisely. Right. So therefore, Kubrick's Shining was great. Yeah. But you can't do a Kubrick-type film in 2019. Why on not? a commercial level. On a commercial level. Now, you could do one and it'd be exceptional and I will gladly pay money and, and get a ticket to see a Kubrick-esque artist make cinema. However, his, his, the way he did everything, the length of his shots... Yeah, yeah. Stuff like I that, mean, it's legendary what, what, what happened in the filming of that movie. Of course. Yeah. But we have to look at the climate we're in. And I'm trying to tell you, because of these remakes, it's ruining... It's not the remake. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's the adding. It's adding. It's this. adding to things where there's nobody taking the risk on the Kubricks, or the up and coming Kubricks because they're all remake. They stopped that before the remakes. They're all remake and reboot happy. They stopped that before that. They stopped that long before that. They stopped um, really taking risks in the late nineties. Yeah, I think you're right, and well, I, I don't think, think it was. I think it's all part of this general climate. This this general climate of not taking risk, but it and this diluting cinema. But again, why would you expect a business to continually take risks? You got to because that's what the best stuff comes from. Like the Matrix. Look at that. That was that movie was a risk. I don't deny that. And that was completely. Tell me anything that was like that before. Like, I mean, it, it was just a completely... It was just something else. Right, and I, I don't deny that. But I'm saying to you, I think in no way does that have any relevance to uh, reboots or remakes. I don't think they in any way combine with one another. I think that... It was a risk. The industry was going in a particular direction. And then, like any good gambler, you bet on the horse that wins. You don't bet, oh, you know what? That horse has got a nice name, so I'm going to bet on that horse. And that horse... You get your inside tip that, you know, uh, what a broken lamp is going to come in first 
at whatever, you put all your money on there, you get your tip and then you make that money back. And as a business and as someone who the majority of people that are involved in the film industry at the higher levels are thinking of return on investment. And is this person going to make us money and is this title going to work? I get it. I mean, I get it. I, there's nothing, I'm not deluded that this isn't a business, right? I'm just saying this, this business may create a situation where it starts to cannibalize itself for, 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 for the business. I mean, you say that, but do you see there being anything uh, slowing down in terms of content creation? In terms of a retraction? Because there's still people that are going to want to look on their phones or on their tablets or on their big screens and have something there. Always new, even if it's redone new. Hmm, that's a good question. Is there, could there be a dilution? I, I kind of, I don't know. I can't tell you. I do worry about this. I'll be honest with you. I don't have any conclusive, definitive Why answers. do you worry about it? Well, from two points of view, just a saturation of stuff. Um, I, like I said, I don't know. Like I said, it's not a complete thought. It's just, um... I don't know i just feel like some things are being cheapened and people are not having the same expectations or the same people are having people are not having higher expect they should have better expectations i think but again that's that's a very ideological it should be, de- should be demand well i'm coming from an ideological place i guess yeah shoot you are me. you are but shoot me for it i mean i just want to see i want to see like I want to see revolutions here happen on the big screen. Right, and I'm in agreement with you in principle. <laughs> in principle. <laughs> in principle. Now, with the with broken English, obviously we're trying to do what you're referring to. Yeah. Great material, done well. That's the thing. The angle isn't we want to just come out with the teeth, tits, etc., and make sure it makes X amount of money. We are trying to come out with credible things. However, with that said, it's kind of like the whole thing with regards to, say, for example, a Starbucks against your local coffee shop or whatever. Right. One can argue quite succinctly that coffee shop around a corner makes amazing coffee. Oh, my God, it's so good. Right. But you're not going to compete with Starbucks. You are not. Uh, definitely you're going to compete with Starbucks. You're not going to, as in you are not going to win. You are not well, going to win. Okay, yeah, I guess in terms of scale. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we're talking about with regards to film success. Why? Okay, if we're talking about scale, yeah. It's the same with an indie film. An indie film could be brilliant material, but it isn't going to compete with the juggernauts. It, it's and I don't and I don't put everything in that category that it has to compete with with but with that's the why they make they do the remake. They can make the juggernaut. I'm just saying when there's too many of those juggernauts, it starts to dilute things in ways that you don't we don't realize. As a filmmaker and as anybody creative, right? We built what we 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 are in. We, our creativity does not come from a void. I mean, we are all inspired from what came before us. Right. And when there's less and less inspirational things, that passes on to the next generation, who can't, who no longer have anything to be inspired by, and then, thus creating this this. I, I'm seeing it. It's just like a cycle, or, or maybe not a cycle, but a continue a degrade degradation of art artistic creation creativity it just becomes less and less interesting but then that makes it um the argument that you're making is really it's a brilliant one isn't it no it's untenable like there's no way that you could compete with this it's like the idea of um an indie coffee shop 
beating Starbucks. It's not meant... Yeah. Like, what, it's what not you meant might to beat do, Starbucks. What you might do is with your indie coffee shop, you might be really successful. You know what you might do? You may outsell the Starbucks on the block. You may outsell the Starbucks in the city. And right. in cases like Starbucks tried to get into Australia. Yeah. And they failed. Yeah. However... It proves you it's, it's not a winning formula all the time. However... If you look at overall, what's going to have more made of it, it's a fucking frappuccino. <laughs> it's going to be Starbucks sizes specified. It's going to be, they've already got it in place. And the same applies to the film industry. And once upon a time, before they had their winning formula, before they had their frappuccino that they could put out to everyone, they would go, you know, we'll take a matrix. I'll have a matrix over there. And, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that sounds like the that, perfect kids film. Look at et cetera, that. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but what ended up happening is they found their frappuccinos. <laughs> yeah, they found, they the found fra- their... Okay, and they found that in the Marvel universe. Some 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 uh, data wonks got into the industry and they started honing in on these these spectrums and these margins of the data, right? You and know, they we, just like, let's just put, pump, let's just pump these on because the data shows that. Let's get some Transformers Let's get films. some Frappuccinos and stuff like that. It's exactly like that. Well, the Transformers is like, I mean, the, especially the first one. I've, I enjoyed it. I don't remember. I fell asleep with it. <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. So there's some Transformers fans here who are just... Well, I didn't say there's anything wrong with the uh, Fell asleep Transformers. In All I was How do you say- fall asleep in a Michael Bay film? Oh, I didn't watch it in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I didn't watch it in the theater, but I did fall asleep at it. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Uh, I mean, that was. I that may was, have been drunk as well. <laughs> that one was coming though. I mean, that one was coming. It was a cartoon, and obviously, you're gonna have to turn that right, into a movie. But again, it comes down to the idea that these things have a guaranteed audience. Yeah. These things have guaranteed sales that will go all the way through. And it was... Well, the first one I thought was really well done and it was a fun movie. And it may well have been. Yeah. It may well have it been. made a whole lot of money. I thought it was a really genuinely fun movie. And but especially as a fan of the... several. <laughs> you notice I speak of only the first one right now. <laughs> that's why they made we, several. We can make... We could, we could talk a lot about the other ones, but... I mean, it was... Like I said, I don't knock it when it's well done and it adds flair and it adds something to it. Yeah, but it's again, generally inspired. I, again, that's subjective. Like everyone that makes a film, I bet you that everyone that worked on reboots of Jumanji and whatever the hell else will have gone into that going, you know what? Let's do something good with this. I'm sure they all want it to work. You know, but initially, they're like, oh, you know what? Robin Williams, really good in that. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no slight to Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart's brilliant. But uh, the intentions that people would have had in getting it would have been primarily money. Okay. Yeah. And that's where you have to be able to divorce the industry that we love from the, the creative industry that we love from the business churning out content that people will pay money for willingly um, over and over again. And I, a long time ago, um, realized the majority of the films I love aren't the ones that make it to cinemas, as in cineplex type cinemas. The majority of the ones I love tend to have the indie release, tend to go that way. Um, right. Cause right. that's where you got the freedom. Yeah. And what I'll just leave it at that is that 
thank God for those films because I think those films are the backbones of cinema. I think they, they tell you stories and illustrate things in manners that there's no way... Right. They give you in two hours an understanding of a life that you will never live. Those are the films, those are the reasons why I love films and I love movies and want to be a filmmaker. It's not, it's not those, it's not Age of, and I don't want to knock a, uh, Avengers. Just say Age of Ultron. <laughs> Avengers and all those things. They're I fun. They're fun, they're entertaining, and, and I get it. I mean, I'm, I, I like them too. I'm a comic book guy too, to that extent. But... I'm here, we're here as filmmakers because of these films, those small films that leave an impression on you that that last forever. Those films that are not the big, big, splashy things, right? Those are the reasons why we go to the movies. And like I said, it, and if those things become, start becoming more and more and more, uh, pushed aside by these big spectacles then it's kind of creates like i said a really strange environment and not an environment where what not an environment that i would want to be in especially somebody who wants to create be inspired because i go to these movies to be inspired both as a filmmaker and even just as a person and if i'm not getting that i'm not and i don't and i can't and i can't get that from these big spectacles i mean i completely agree as i say the only the the difference is is i accept that the business is the way it is (laughs) and and that's that there are so many films that i'm completely on the same wavelength with you um you know there's nothing that really, nothing compares to a great film that affects you in a very personal manner. Um, you exactly. won't get that. Then you won't get that from these splashy things, and we'll just leave it at that. There we go. We'll agree to disagree uh, to some extent. I don't agree. <laughs> just warm up to that one. I don't think we should just record these outros separately. It's Sorry, just. I don't think we should record these outros separately. It just kind of has a weird break, but whatever. I think it just flow flow out of it. Sure. Yeah. Anyways. Well, that's it, folks. That was... Uh... <laughs> Hold on, let me start again. Well, that is it, folks. I hope you guys... Uh... I hope you guys were really uh, entertained or, let's say, stimulated by that conversation. It was a really interesting topic. Um, if there's any commenting on this stuff, I hope you guys do it on, uh, hope you guys start doing it and let us know what you think about uh, what we just talked about here. So until next time, keep watching. They're listening. Well, I mean, they're listening. I, I mean movies. Yeah, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I should have made that clear. Yeah, you, you should have. <laughs> um, just, just to quickly add, I'm not really bothered about your opinion, people, audience. Uh, hopefully you like our stuff. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, it's a lie. I am a bit bothered, but not really that much. Enjoy it, if you will. Just don't be a dick. Unless you need to. Unless it's necessary. I think we'll stop now. <laughs>
<laughs> All right.